I'm thankful to continue this legacy series that we've been in for the last few weeks. Thank you guys so much. Uh, you know, we've talked about how to leave a personal legacy, but today with the legacy offering that we're taking and, and just all the different ministries that that's going to be going towards helping, I want to take a moment today and talk about the Life Church legacy. Life Church legacy. And I know that even in this room, we could do this at each campus. I know I can't see everybody, but I just want to see if you've been a member of Life Church, let's say for the last year, will you raise your hand? Of course, that would be everybody in the room almost. What about the last five years? Keep your hand up at every campus. I want to see 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, 25 years, 30 years, 35 years. We still have a few hands up here at League City. 40 years, 45 years, 50 years. Somebody, some of y'all are putting your hand down just because you don't want people to know how old you are. <laughs> what, did I say 55 years? 60 years? Pastor? 61, 61 years for our pastor. <laughs> now, let's, I don't know about the other campuses. Let's just say 65 years and that's as high as I'll go. But we honor all the longtime members. Thank you so much for just your commitment to this house and we're talking about the Life Church legacy. And the reason I did that is because we wouldn't have a legacy without the generosity of people that just come together and say, you know what, I'm going to serve God. I'm going to serve others. And this is my local house. I'm going to do my part to leave a legacy in this house that's going to make a difference and make an influence for the kingdom of God. And Life Church, we're in our 69th year of life as a church. Life Church began in... 1954. And ever since 1954, God has just opened doors for our church to, to make a difference and to have the influence, not only in our community, but like I've said, around the world. This church has a legacy. And it's been built by those that have come before us. If you're younger like me, or if you're a newer member of Life Church, this legacy has been built by those who came before us. But we're still building that legacy. The work's not over. We're still building that legacy today. And the legacy of this house is unique. I feel like I have a little ring. If I need to switch to that pulpit mic, I will. This thing's uncomfortable anyway, all right? Amen. I'm, I'm thankful for that ring, actually. The legacy of this house is unique. It's been built over the years, and I want to be clear, it's not because of us. It's been built by God's faithfulness in guiding us. And it's also from our people and our leadership that have been willing to seek after God and His will, not our preferences, not our way of doing things, but His will for this house. And it's no different today. I believe that right now, we are at a time where this generation, this current generation of the Life Church family can step in and say, okay, I am going to be part of continuing this legacy of Life Church that God has allowed us to build for the last almost 70 years. I'm going to step in now, and now it's my turn to carry the burden of building this legacy. And, and I think it's an important time. It's a crucial time. And it's, it's important for us to recognize that, Life Church. It's important for us to realize where we're at. We are in a time of a lot of change here at Life Church. 
for those of you that have been around for many years, you know this, these last three or four years has seen a lot of change, a lot of transition going from one location to multiple locations. The, the property that we've been at at Windmill Lakes, you know, we're transitioning into a new location for our, for our Houston campus early next year. There has been a lot of changes that we've undergone, but it has been because we're following after what God's will is for this house. And it requires us, Life Church family, it requires us to say, I'm going to do my part to help build what it is that God wants to do here at Life Church. We can't forget where we've come from. We can't forget who we are, and we can't forget God's purposes on this house. And I want to be clear, I'm, I'm not trying to stand up here and say that we're better than any other church. We're not special, but this church does have a distinct identity that God has formed in us over the years. We want to build a legacy and leave a legacy because we want this house to be a place where people continue to encounter God long after we're gone. How many saints of Life Church 60 years ago prayed that God would continue to use Life Church as a place where people would encounter Him? And those saints are no longer here with us today, but their prayers are being fulfilled through us. We want to build a legacy. Pastor talked about it. We want to build a legacy that's storing up treasure in heaven from generation to generation. We want this to be a house that is expanding and building the kingdom of God. We want Life Church to be a place of healing and restoration and redemption and life change. We want this to be a place. I want this to be a place where my children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren will always have an opportunity to encounter the living God, to know Him in a real and powerful way. That when life gets crazy and the world seems chaotic, they know where they can go to to feel His peace, His presence, be encouraged by His strength. I want this house to have that, have that space for, for generations to come. We are a Pentecostal church. We believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. Some of y'all were like, whoa, wait a second. Yeah, we are. We are a Pentecostal church. That is our heritage. That's what we believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. We believe that the gifts of the Spirit are alive and active in the church today. It wasn't for yesterday. It's for, for right now. We believe that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is for every believer. And we want our legacy to mirror what we see in the church in the book of Acts. We want Life Church to leave a legacy, first of all, of divine empowerment. Everybody say divine empowerment. Jesus said in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, as he's ascending to heaven, this is some of the final words he spoke to his followers. He says, you will receive power. Everybody say power. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. We want to have a legacy and leave a legacy of divine empowerment. But we have to know this, Life Church, the power that comes from the Holy Spirit, this divine empowerment is not for our enjoyment. It's not for our enjoyment. It's not so that we can have exciting church services. It's not so that we can get together and sing and shout and dance and experience a powerful move of God and just keep it all to ourselves and just have some good church. It's a divine empowerment to do his work. 
That's why he said in Acts 1.8, you will receive power to be my witnesses. You're going to receive power, but it's connected to this purpose that I have for you. See, I'm going to give you power, but it's not for you to keep to yourself and enjoy for yourself. It's so that you can be empowered, divinely empowered to go out and be my witnesses in your city and your nation and to the ends of the earth. We aren't trying to build a legacy that glorifies us. We don't want to make the name of Life Church great. It, honestly, it doesn't matter to us if the people that receive these funds ever hear the name Life Church. It doesn't matter to us is that if we minister in our communities and, and this, this offering is helping to impact these different ministries locally, it doesn't matter to us if they ever hear the name Life Church. We're not trying to build a legacy that glorifies us. We're not trying to build our reputation. Our desire is to glorify God. Amen. Amen. Our desire is for this to be a house where people seek after God, where they're filled with his power. So we have divine empowerment to do his work in the world, to build his kingdom. What is his work? Why do I keep saying that? What is the work? What is this divine empowerment supposed to help us do? His work is proclaiming the gospel Making disciples, promoting peace and justice, bringing reconciliation, showing compassion, building communities that will honor God, equipping, empowering, and serving others. We can't do that through our own efforts. We can't do that with our own strength, our own wisdom. We need divine empowerment. We need the divine empowerment of God to help people discover the life that he has for them. And how many of you know what I'm about to say next? It's the best life. It's the best life we could ever live is the life that God has for us. And if we're going to do his work, we have to have that divine empowerment. Acts chapter 4 shows us a story of the early church as they're out ministering. They begin to get persecuted. Some of them get arrested. They're facing threats from the community. So they gather together to pray. And in verse 31, we see this. After they prayed, remember, they're facing some tension. They're facing some pressure. The culture around them right now does not like them. So they gathered together and prayed. And the place where they were meeting was shaken. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they didn't just say, man, that was great. I feel really good. Let's go home now and eat. No, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God boldly. They received the divine empowerment to do the thing that God wanted them to do in the world. The place shook and they did the work. Again, it's not about just being happy with the experience, but it's about doing the work as you're filled with the power of God. How can we build a legacy? What does that practically look like? I know that might seem like a big theological thing, the divine empowerment or the power of the Holy Spirit. What does that look like practically? How you can start stepping in and doing your part to build this legacy at Life Church? We have an event called Discover Life. We talk about it every month. The fourth Sunday of every month at every campus, you have an opportunity to join our Discover Life event. It is an opportunity for you to meet our team. It's an opportunity for you to meet some of the leaders, to hear more about what we do at Life Church, what our ministries look like. But the biggest opportunity that Discover Life gives you, it's an opportunity for you to say, I'm ready to do my part. I, I want to help in any way that I can. I want to take the gifts and the strengths that God has given me, and I want to start putting them to work in this house. That's our first step. 
That's how we get you involved. That's the on-ramp for you to get involved with this divine empowerment that God is giving to our house to do his work. How many of y'all in League City and other campuses, even though I can't see you, you're not exempt. If you've gone through Discover Life and you're serving on the Life family, will you raise your hand? Thank you so much for taking that step. And listen, I encourage every single person, if you haven't taken that step yet, we are inviting you. We, we want you to be on the team because we know this. When you start serving, when you take that next step of boldness and say, hey, I'm ready to do my part, God's blessings are going to start showing up in your life. He's going to start working through you in ways that you may not have experienced yet when you take that step. I'm so thankful for our serve team that every month our serve team is going out into our local communities in South Houston, in Friendswood, and in League City, and they're meeting the needs of the people in the community, handing out food, meeting basic needs, or just just going out and having fun in the community, hosting different events, volleyball, basketball, whatever it is. They're intentional about going out into the community and spreading the goodness of Jesus Christ. I'm thankful for that. But listen, church and guests, and and everybody that's here with us, everybody that can hear my voice, that's not just for a select few. Each and every one of us is called to do our part. And it doesn't have to be an intimidating thing. You know, for some of us, I feel like this is my part. This is what God has called me to do to serve in this capacity. He might be calling you to to play an instrument. He might be calling you to help with our media. He might be calling you to to be one of our ushers or our greeters or, or to help prepare the coffee in the morning. It all works together. It all works together to make a difference and build his kingdom, especially on Sundays when we come together to serve each other and just usher in the presence of God. There's nobody that's exempt. It's for all of us. We want to build a legacy of expectant faith expectant faith. Acts chapter 3, I know in your notes it's Acts 3, 1 through 10, but we'll see, I'm actually going to read verses 6 through 9, so I'll just give you a heads up before I jump right into it. I'm going to read to you, I think that whole passage is important, so I I want you to have that for your notes, but I'm going to start reading in verse number 6. This is after the day of Pentecost, and the church has been empowered by the Holy Spirit, and there's a man that has been uh, begging for money in the city, And some of the disciples walk by him and he's asking for for money. But Peter said to him, silver or gold, I don't have. But what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up. And instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and he began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. You see, in this moment... Peter, they, they believed that God would work on their behalf, and then they acted on that belief. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> that they actually believed that God would do the things he said he would do, and they acted on that belief. They had an expectant faith that I know God's going to work in my life in this way, or I know God's going to show up in this way, so I'm just going to behave, and I'm going to act as if that's already a reality. Yeah. Acts chapter 12, there's another story where Peter has been arrested. He's in a Roman jail. And so the church there and the community gets together. They start praying for Peter. And verse 5 says this, So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. The night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and sentries stood guard at the entrance. 
Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him up. Quick, get up, he said. And the chains fell off Peter's wrists. Then the angel said to him, put on your clothes and sandals. And Peter did so. Wrap your cloak around you and follow me, the angel told him. Peter followed him out of the prison, but he had no idea that what the angel was doing was really happening. He thought he was seeing a vision. They passed the first and second guards and came to the iron gate leading to the city. It opened for them by itself and they went through it. When they had walked the length of one street, suddenly the angel left him and Peter walked himself all the way to the house where the church was praying and started knocking on the door. And they, they, believe, or they saw that happen in the moment. They thought, okay, we've been praying for this earnestly and God made it happen. They prayed earnestly for hard things with expectant faith. Now, how can you and I do the same thing? Did you know we have first Saturday prayer every Saturday right here at League City for the time being? And of course, when we have our new campus for Houston, we're going to do it there as well. And, and also for Friendswood in the future, whatever God wants to do, we're going to be able to move and expand through our campuses. But we have first Saturday prayer every Saturday, every first Saturday of the month. We start every year in January with 21 days of prayer and fasting. How many of you have been part of that 21 days of prayer and fasting at the beginning of the year? It's an incredible time where the church is able to come together and it really solidifies us, unifies us. And then in every August, we do again another 21 days of prayer as a whole church family. Why am I talking about these things? Because these are the things that build expectant faith. These are the things that, that all of us can be part of. We can all come to First Saturday Prayer. We can all participate in 21 da days of prayer and fasting and 21 days of prayer in August. These are things that collectively, as a life church family, we can all join together and it builds expectant faith. Yes. And it leaves a legacy of expectant faith. The third thing about the life church legacy, this is already part of our story and we want it to continue to be a part of our story, is that this is a house of global generosity. Of global generosity. Acts chapter 4, verses 33 through 35 says this of the early church, with great power the apostles continue to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all that there were no needy persons among them. For from time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them, brought the money from the sales, and put it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to everyone and anyone who had need. I know in our American society, that sounds like, whoa, that's kind of crazy, selling all our possessions and giving it to the church. What this speaks about is a generosity where they were seeing the needs, the needs around them, and they were meeting those needs. They were actively meeting the needs of the people around them. And also, not just in their local community, but also far away. In Acts 11, 29 through 30, it says this, The disciples, as each one was able, decided to provide help for the brothers and sisters living in Judea. There was something happening in Judea where the people were in need, where the believers were in need. And th this they did, sending their gift to the elders by Barnabas and Saul. We see the early church. They heard about a need that was happening far away. And they says, okay, we've got to do something. Even though we're not going to be able to see the results of it, or, or even though it's not something that's connected to our local community or to our daily lives, we're hearing about this need over in Judea, so let's put this offering together and send it with Barnabas and Saul to help make a difference in this other community. 
They had this global generosity. They worked together to send help where it was needed. And that's what we do through our legacy offering. That's what we do through our weekly tithe and offering. Our collective generosity opens the doors to influence and opportunity within the kingdom of God. Did you hear me? It's the generosity that does that. It's not how cool things are or how nice the music is or or the capacity of the leadership. No, it's the generosity. That's how God's kingdom works. It's through a generous heart that God will open doors of influence and opportunity. And Life Church has been so generous over the years. The people, the believers, the saints that have come before us have been so generous over the years of Life Church. Since 1954, this church has given over $10 million in international missions work. I mean, it comes out to about $150,000 a year we're sending out overseas. That's not talking about what's happening in the local community or local ministries or local missions work. That's purely talking about what's happening overseas, what this church has been doing for the last almost 70 years. It's had a heart for global generosity, and I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for, for seeing my father's heart for the Philippines. I'm thankful that he, he said yes to God. And the privilege that Life Church has to be, to be part of that, to be a champion for Imus Home. I'm thankful for the generosity of this house that some of you are giving to Imus Home and you're saying, you know what, I'm never going to be able to go to Imus Home. I'm never going to be able to see those kids or hold those kids or meet those kids. But I know that I'm storing up some treasure in heaven that one day I'll be able to meet them in heaven. And I'll know that my giving, my global generosity was making a difference for the kingdom of God. We want to leave a legacy of courageous unity. Everybody say courageous unity. Acts chapter 4 verse 32 says this, all the believers were in one heart, were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions were their own, but they shared everything they had. They were one in heart and mind. They were united in purpose. They were united in mission. They were united. They set aside the differences of the world and they were united in Christ. We want this to be a house that is united. And there's so many. I I love going through all of our campuses. I'm so thankful that this church is a multicultural church, a multi-generational church, that that we're able to reach into different communities and different cultures and, and be united. But I know that with that, there comes some differences that the world would try to define for us, right? The world would try to tell us that this group is different from this group or, or, or this party is different from this party and, and it kind of gets all muddled together, muddied together. That's how the world would operate. The difference is we want to walk into this place and be united in Christ. That means, yeah, the world might say this, the world might be going in this direction, but when I walk into this place, when I'm part of this family, I'm united. There's nothing that would divide me from my fellow Life Church member. There's nothing that would come between me and my fellow Life Church member. Before everything that's going on in the world, before we start prioritizing how we vote and how we think and the ideology we adopt, can we just decide we want to have courageous unity in Christ? And I'm willing to lay down all of those preferences for you. I'm willing to lay down all of my preferences and desires to be united with you in Christ and his mission for this house. Um, recently, my aunt Jean Carlin was spending time with uh, a woman named 
uh, Vernell Jones, and she was telling a story about a revival that happened here at Life Church in the early 1960s. In the early 1960s, there was a revival that happened. It was called Life Tabernacle back then. Our church was Life Tabernacle. And this revival that happened in the early 60s was so powerful. Y'all listen to this. Some of y'all, this is just going to make you tired just hearing it. This revival was so powerful that Life Church had service every night, seven days a week for 13 weeks straight. The reason that happened is not because the pastors called for the service. It's because the people, nobody wanted to miss one night. This revival was a revival of of unity of the believers, of unity of the congregation, where they didn't want to miss one night of being together to worship God. And and she says, Sister Jones said that at this time, the church grew into a spirit-filled, faith-believing congregation that influenced generations. Hey, Generations, some of the grandchildren and great-grandchildren are still part of this church today. How, how many of you, would, if at all campuses, would you just raise your hand if your parents were part of this church as well? Your grandparents? Your great-grandparents? I mean, there, there's things like this happening years ago, decades ago, that a lot of us weren't around for. But because of those moments... And because of the legacy that those generations were building, there's still members in our church today that are part of the the lasting effects of that revival. And listen, I, I am believing with my whole heart that that's not just something that could happen yesterday, Life Church. I'm not, don't, don't get nervous. I'm not, I'm not proposing that we start having service every day of the week unless we feel led to do that. But I believe that that that's still for today. I think that God is still wanting to move like that today among this church where there would be just a revival of, okay, you know what? This is what I'm prioritizing. I I want to give as much as I can. I want to be with my family as much as I can. I want to do the work of God as much as I can. And just being all in for what God's doing at Life Church. Acts chapter 2 verse 42 through 47 says this. They devoted themselves. We're talking about courageous unity. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together. They had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes. Couples breaking bread. That's a good group right there. Y'all just had your last week, right? Don't worry, it'll start up again. You'll have another chance. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. They actually liked being together. It's amazing. Praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And what was God doing? He was adding to their number daily those who were being saved. Not adding to their number daily so they could have more and more fun and more food at the potluck. No, he was adding to their number daily those who were being saved. Because of their unity with one another, God was saying, I'm going to keep sending some people your way. 
There's some lost people that are looking for a place to have some hope because they're filled with despair. And because of your unity, because of your unity to pray together and to worship together and to break bread with one another and to take care of one another, I'm going to keep sending these people your way. I want to be a house. I want to be a church where God just keeps sending people our way. I want to be a house that God can trust with those lost souls that he's leading and guiding. I hope he does keep sending people our way. How can we have this courageous unity that I'm talking about? It's through life groups. Every year we have two semesters of life groups. We do it in the semester format, two 12-week semesters, where you have the opportunity to join a life group. And it's really, it's, it's no pressure. It's not like we're, we want to get you in a room and put you in a chair and put a, ch- a chair down so you can sit in a circle where everybody has to lay hands on you and you got to tell your deep, dark secrets. That's not what it's about. The life groups that we have here at Life Church, it's for you just to get connected to your Life Church family. Listen, it's for you to get connected to people that are going to be going in the same direction as you. Same, the, the people that are going to be walking towards Jesus with you. I think a lot of times if, if we don't have that community at our church and we're finding that community in other places, maybe we're finding that community on our job, we're finding that community in the same group of friends that we've grown up with. If we don't ever have a shift in, in the, the people that we surround ourselves with, it might be hard for us to sometimes leave a certain lifestyle or habit. That's why we need to be surrounded by people that are united with us in purpose and in mission and going in the same direction. And we want you to join life groups. We believe that that's what God has for you. It's not just another system that we have in to, to just fill up our calendar or to have something going on. No, we truly believe that your life change can happen when you get the right people around you. We have discipleship groups for men and women. If you have questions about that, ask your campus pastor, ask the Next Step team. But you have an opportunity to have some intentional discipleship in your life to get together with some leaders who are going to lead you through a process of becoming more and more like, like Christ. We, we want to build this courageous unity. And, and listen, it doesn't happen just because we sit in the same big room every Sunday. I'm, I'm thankful for Sundays. I'm so thankful at all locations where we can gather in a room together and worship God as a family and hear his word as a family. But listen, it's not supposed to stop there. It's no good if if people on this side of the auditorium don't know the people on this side of the auditorium. It's no good. It says that this early church in Acts, that they, they're the example that we look to, that they were with each other every day. They were eating meals together. They were praising together. They were reaching others together. It wasn't just showing up once a week. And again, I'm, not, I'm thankful for Sundays. I, I, I don't want to take advantage of these opportunities. And I know we live in a busy world. We all, we all live in a busy world. we got a lot of things going on. If you have kids, I know there's like all these different sports and all these different demands and school functions. And I know work can be crazy. And if you, you work from home, you got, sometimes you have a lot of work to catch up in the evening. I understand all that. We live in a busy world. I'm talking about prioritizing the things that are most important. And that is keeping eternity in mind. I'm not saying do something drastic that's going to make you get fired or quit your job. I'm just saying you need to prioritize certain things in your life. The things that God is calling us to do. He's calling us to be his body. He's calling us to be united. I'm not complete without Jonathan. 
I'm not complete without Nick and Kendra. I'm not, I'm not complete without Brother Robbie. I'm not complete unless all of us that have been called together for this local church, unless we're doing what God has called us to do. I can't do it without you guys. You guys can't do it without me. If we're disconnected, if we don't have unity, we're not going to do the things that God is calling us to do. And we want to give you those opportunities to, to join with your life family and and have that relationship. The band can join me now. You guys can stand. All locations. If you'll stand with me today. I'm so thankful for the legacy of this church. I, I grew up here. I grew up in this church since I was a kid. I, I, remember, I remember the prayer meetings. I remember the prayer services that would last for hours. And so many saints of God showing up and just seeking after him. Just seeking after his will and his purpose for this house. I remember those. I remember the Wednesday night services. By the way, every first Wednesday of the month, we have service right here for now. Again, that's going to keep growing. But I remember those. I mean, we were going to church Sunday morning. Well, actually, we were doing Sunday school. And then Sunday morning church. And then Sunday evening church. And then Wednesday evening church every week. And then you service on Friday nights. <laughs> I mean, we were just, every opportunity, let's get together, let's have church, let's worship, let's, let's, let's hear the word, let's have a Bible study, let's pray. And I know the world has changed, I know the th- dynamics are different, but that should always be our heart, Life Church, that's our legacy. Our legacy is generations of people prioritizing the house of God, being in the presence of God, getting their children in the presence of God. And you've seen the effects, like I said, there's still people and members your great-grandparents. So she has kids in Life Kids today. So there are great-great-grandchildren today hearing the gospel because of what their great-great-grandparents did. And it's not over. It's not for yesterday. It's not for the old times. No, it can happen now. And it needs to happen now, Life Church. I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you. If you are a member of the Life family today, I don't care how long you've been here or how new you are, I'm challenging you to be part of this legacy. I don't think you're here by accident. Maybe you walked in carrying some burdens and carrying some brokenness. I don't think you walked into this house by accident. Because there's other churches you could have gone into, and they're excellent, outstanding, amazing churches. But God led you here. And he's calling you to be planted here and to be part of the legacy that's being built here in this house. That for generations and generations, people will still encounter the living God. We want you to be part of that. Like I said, if you had that connect card, connect with us. We want to walk with you. Join us in building a legacy that's going to make a difference in eternity. Make a difference in eternity. One day, we're going to all get to stand together in heaven. All campuses, all, all generations of Life Church, Life Tabernacle Saints standing together. And that's the legacy right there. That's the legacy. The souls that are going to be in heaven because of what this house did. What God did through us. And I'm thankful for every one of you. I'm so thankful that Lauren and I can give alongside you. Such a generous church. Nothing has changed about that global generosity over the years, and nothing's going to change. Nothing has changed about that courageous unity that Life Church had in the 60s. We might be one church in multiple locations. We're still unified in our mission and our purpose. We still have expectant faith that God is going to meet 
every need. Why do we have that expectant faith? He's proven himself to us for almost 70 years, and we're not going to lose faith. We're going to have divine empowerment. We believe in the power of the Holy Spirit, and we're going to keep leading you and guiding you and pushing you into experiencing that for yourself. Because we want to be divinely empowered to do the work that God has for us in this world. Because the world's getting a little dark right now. It's getting a little chaotic. And there's people that need Jesus. And we can't do it without the power of the Holy Spirit. Let me pray for you every campus. I'm going to pray for you. And as soon as I hand it over, as soon as I say amen, I'm handing it over to all the worship teams. I think the way we need to end today is just be united and worshiping at every location together. Lord, we thank you for your goodness, for your mercy. We thank you so much for your blessings on Life Church, Lord. And we, in this moment, acknowledge it's not for us. It's not to make our name great. No, Lord, if anything, we want to decrease and we want you to increase, Lord. We're not after brand recognition. We're not after social media followers, nothing like that, Lord. We just want to build your kingdom and bring you glory. We want that to be our legacy, God. Even if nobody ever hears who we are, we want to build your kingdom. We want to glorify you. You're worthy of all honor. You're worthy of all praise. There's no one like you, Lord. There's no one like you, Lord. Lord, let Life Church be a house, be a local body of believers that's making a difference for eternity, God. Let that be our legacy, Lord. Unity, empowerment, faith, generosity, let that be the legacy of Life Church, all of those things to bring you glory. Help each and every one of us realize that we have a part to play in that legacy. That we have the honor and privilege to step into what you are doing and to leave a legacy that can impact generations to come. In Jesus' name I pray. It's all for your glory. Say, it's all for your glory. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Amen. Come on, let's give Jesus a hand clap of praise. Amen. Thank you.